Let's take our Bibles back to the epistle of Jude. Second to the last book in the Bible. Picking up where we left off, we'll begin in verse number 16. Read three verses together tonight. Jude verse 16, the Bible says these are murmurers, complainers. I don't want to be that. Walking after their own lusts, I don't want to be that either. And their mouth speaking speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the good spirit of God that you've sent in the hearts of all your children that, that warm our hearts and point us to the throne above and give us direction in a wilderness of a world that we live in. We're thankful that you said as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We thank you for that leadership. We pray that we would ever be submissive and following your way and your will for our lives. And we pray once again, Heavenly Father, as we look into the Word of God, that you would add your blessing to it, and that you would give us ears to hear and tender hearts that would receive what you have said. We pray, Father, that you make it make a difference in our lives. And as we live in this day of apostasy, that you would help us to be found faithful, whatever it takes, Lord, that you would find us faithful until you receive us to yourself. And, Lord, for all the help that you give, we'll praise you and thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at these verses, you see a contrast of the speech of the apostates, what they are saying, and what God has spoken. You notice in verse 16 it says, their mouth, those are the people that are described in this chapter, the type of people that are all around us in this day of great falling away. Their mouth speaketh great swelling words. But he says in verse 17, but beloved, remember ye the words. In other words, it's important which words you're listening to. You see that in verse 16? Great swelling words. And then 17, remember ye the words. It makes all the difference in your life, especially in this day of, of apostasy, who you are listening to, what words you're allowing to enter into your ears and enter into your heart. And really what he gives here, a, a contrast between the wrong words that you should not listen to and God's words that you should remember. When he talks about the wrong words, really they're in three different forms. In verse number 16 he says, first of all, their mouth speaketh great swelling words. If I tried to take that phrase and boil it down to one word, it would be, I would, I would just use the modern word bragging. Great swelling words. Big words. 
Big boastful words. Those are the words of our generation. But then he goes from the bragging or, or, or the braggadocious type words of men. Then he says the next phrase in verse 16, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. So he's talking about words that people will use to take advantage of you. Do you know when someone is speaking to you when they're trying to take advantage of you? The words that someone will use to take advantage of you, they use flattering words. They will tell you exactly what you would like to hear for their advantage. Not your advantage, not your help, but for their... So you've got words that are bragging words, you've got words... Of flattery. And then look down at verse number 18. It says how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. So these people have three in our generation in this apostate day. In the day of the great falling away that's being described in the book of Jude before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are three words that are being said that are coming out of the mouth of the generation. They're braggadocious in nature. They are flattering in nature. And then they are mocking in nature. They just come out and mock things and make fun of things and scoff at things that are godly and true and right. And if you can't see that written across the day in which you live, you're not paying attention. But the Bible said in verse 17, but beloved, remember ye. In other words, don't, don't care about all that. Who cares about their mocking? Who cares about their flattery? Who cares about their boastings? Don't put your heart, forget about all that. It's amazing. We have selective memories. There are things I think we choose to remember and there are things that we choose to forget evidently or we're so e- we so easy forget certain things and we so easily hold on. Uh, let me give you an example. You know what? If someone wrongs you, if, if you're the type of this person I feel sorry for, sometimes some people when they're wronged, they will never forget it. Even if they have Alzheimer's, they'll remember it. They, they can't forget it. They cannot forget being wrong. If that's you, I'm sorry for you. I really am. Because what a terrible, miserable life to have to live always thinking and remembering where you've been wronged. All of us have been wrong, but that's not what God wants you to think about. He wants you to think about things that are lovely. Guess what? Being wrong is not a lovely thought. He says, think on these things. Things that are of good report. Am I right? Am I in the Bible? Think on the things that are good report. Why do we always think on things that are bad report? It's so easy to think of the bad report instead of the good report. And then you know what we forget? We forget the good things. You know, in, in my past history of, of 30 plus years in the ministry, what I've watched... I've watched the church and God's people be really good to people and really helpful to people. And I've watched how short a memory people have about that goodness. You understand what I'm saying? 
Have you ever really done, gone out of your way and helped somebody and ministered to them and helped them? And then all of a sudden you say, how did they forget all of that? You see our, see our nature, our character? We are quick to forget how someone has been a help and a blessing to us, but we never forget when we're wronged. You know, it would be great if we could just turn that around. If we could never forget how gracious and kind someone had been to us. The, the, the story for most people is not what you've done for me, but what have you done for me lately? Not how good you have been to me, but what have you done to me today? I forgot all that. It's like children. I mean, that's why children ought to require their parents, because they spent a lifetime helping us. And in a moment of time, some people can just forget all that, and they can just remember one bad or cross thing. And so I think it's, it's very fitting that in these last days, the Lord is telling us, you better be careful what you remember, and you better be careful what you forget. You can't afford to forget what God said. And you can't afford to remember what is being said in this generation. Put it out of your mind. Well, let, let's take these one at a time, shall we? Verse 16. The Bible says, These murmurs, complainers walking after their own lust in their mouth speaketh great swelling words. The first thing I'd want to say about great swelling words, that is the characteristic of the Antichrist. The Antichrist system is a system. They, they know how to talk. They know how to make a speech. They know how to be persuasive to people. The Bible tells us when it describes the Antichrist, I'll just read it for you. In Daniel chapter 7, the Bible says in verse number 8, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. This little horn is the Antichrist. I've preached through Daniel. I'm not going to do that again. I'm just going to get to the text, what it says. A little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. That's exactly what he's, he's warning about in Jude. Uh, the, the mouth that's able to speak great things. As he continues to describe this Antichrist, he says in verse number 25 that that Antichrist, he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. So he's, he has a com- commanding hold of speech. By the way, there's some consolation for you. you. You know that we're not in that day because our leaders, they can't even, they can't even complete a sentence. I'm, I'm, anywhere you can, you need to get consolation. When the Antichrist arrives on the scene, he will be able to give a captivating speech. He will have words that will overwhelm. And maybe, I mean, it is so pitiful. It is so pitiful. We live in the most pitiful generation. I'm talking about people, and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm really not. People that that are controlling our country that have brain damage and can't even talk. And yet people follow them. What do you think the multitudes are going to do when someone comes with a golden tongue and the power of speech? Great swelling words. 
To be honest with you, that all those great swelling words and those bragging words, they, they bother me about every politician. What bothers me about religious leaders, anybody. Look, if you're going to brag on anybody, brag on Jesus. Amen. Brag on the goodness of God. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a billionaire. I don't care how much good you've done. Quit bragging about it. I've heard enough of it. Is that fair? We Listen, we're not to be people that, that enjoy bragging, but that's the world we live in. They want to hear that speech. Great swelling words. Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the spirit and of power. I wasn't overwhelming anyone with my oratory or my bragging about what I've done. The Word of God speaks about those in Romans chapter 16, verse 18. By good words, listen now, by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. The reason that people are falling away in the book of Jude and in our day that, that we're seeing all around us is because all you have to do is speak some good words and fair speeches and you can deceive people. It's like this, you know. This weight loss product caused me to lose 50 pounds in five days. You can be this too. See the picture? See the picture? Let's get more stories to tell us of this great success for this product. Really? Really? Could it be? Millions and millions. Right? People are wanting to be deceived. And all you have to do is say it good enough or say it often enough or make it sound just wonderful. That's why they are filling heretic churches. Because as long as the speech is good, as long as the speech is fair, bring it on. It's what I want to hear. And I'm telling on myself, I'm telling you that I'm a simpleton. You know what a simple person is, right? Simple-minded person, simple-hearted person. What does it take to deceive you? Just the right words, the right tone, the right. You see, preacher, why, why is there such a falling away? Because somebody put their arm around somebody else and said just the nicest, sweetest words to turn them away from God. And that's what they wanted to hear. Great swelling words. He said the same thing. The Apostle Peter said the same thing, just in a different way. I'll read it to you in your hearing. He said in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 3, And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long, a long time lingereth not. So they, they feign words. They're not really, they don't really care about the... Guys, you know, all those people in those commercials, you think they really care about you. No, they're using the flattering words and the great swelling words to get advantage of you. Well, I just feel good when I'm around them. Mm-hmm. Just makes me feel better about myself. Ah. How about when they get around me and talk to me, it makes me think about Jesus. You see the difference? But, but people, people aren't interested today in this great 
day of falling away, they're not interested in hearing about Jesus or the truth or the Bible. They just want to hear the great swelling words, the good, fair speeches, the feigned words to make me feel better. Colossians 2 verse 4 says they beguile you with enticing words. They don't, they don't tell you things that will turn you off. Guys, and that's why the longer we get, Bible-believing preaching churches are going to get fewer and fewer because when a people, people come into a Bible-believing church, amen, and just so happen the message is ripping your face off for your sin, that's just not going to be tolerated. Is that all right that I said ripping your face off? I mean... believe he said that you hear a lot worse through the week it's just the preaching you can't take this society will take all the f-bombs all the curse words all the wicked speech in the world but if they sit down and hear a preacher preach the word of god and read their mail they're just "Ah!" (laughs) you know what you are you're an apostate you want the feigned words and the great swelling words and that's why they've got, I don't know how many is in Osteen's church. I have no idea. But they're just, they're, they're full. And that's, that's what they are. But look, look, look. Don't you get to the place where you say, man, I'm interested in hearing what makes me feel better. No, you need to hear what's true and what's right and what's healing and what's helpful for your soul. I just want to go to a church where I'm comfortable. That's not the right church. We've got so many things in our lives we ought not be comfortable with. And God's trying to help us with that. And we're no different than any other generation. And don't exchange the good words of God for the great swelling words. That's that's the testimony. Look look at 2 Timothy. I'll give you one more thing on that. And I, I want you to read that one. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And he told us these last days that he's talking about are not the last days of the end of the world. It's this last time, these mockers in this last time. It's this last time of the church age because in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he's talking about these perilous times and the last days, the last days of the church, not the last days of the world. And what he says about those last days of the perilous times of our, of our day, he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, In verse number two, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove. That's not feel good stuff. Rebuke, that's even worse. Exhort. Well, there's some positive there. With all long suffering and doctrine. That's good. That tempers it. Why? Verse three. Look at it. For the time will come. You're living in it. You, you, you are living in it. You are living in the fulfillment of verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They don't want the preaching of the words of God. They want. They have itching ears with teachers that have the same lusts they have to make them feel better about the life that they're living in opposition to God. They want the same teachers that have the same problems that they have.
And you know what God says about that? Forget the big shots. And forget the flattery. They're just trying to get something out of you. They're, they're after what they're after for their own advantage, not your advantage. Somebody will tell you the words that you want to hear instead of the words you need to hear is someone that doesn't care about you. He says, I don't want you to concentrate on these wrong words in your day. He said in our text, he said about these mockers, not only their braggadocious nature, not only their flattering of others. I learned a lot of time, a long time ago, you know, the person, somebody that's flattering, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing my wallet, man. I'm looking over my shoulder. The people that, the people that have wounded me the worst have been the people that have flattered me the most. That's true. Just a word to the wise. I said that's a word to the wise. He said in verse number 18, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. How do you deal with people making fun of you and what you believe? Do we even believe right enough for people to make fun of us? You ought to believe the Bible so much that the mockers will come out of the woodwork because you don't fit with their program. He said, I told you they're coming. Don't be shocked when somebody mocks what you believe. Peter says it just a different little way. He, he uses a different word in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3. He says, knowing this first, verse 3, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Saying, where's the promise of His coming? That they'll mock the, the coming of the Lord. They'll mock the Bible. They'll mock, mock the things that we believe in and hold to be true. They'll make fun of people that hold a scripture sign outside or preach on the street or try to witness. They'll mock God's people for trying to dress modestly or mock them for going to church so much or, or giving their money away to God. They'll mock and scoff at them for continuing to say God hates sin and he doesn't recognize perversion. They'll mock that. And here, what do we do with that? Well, you just forget about it. That's not what God wants you to remember. How do you do when people mock you? I think every Christian needs to be mocked. How's that for a statement from the pulpit? Because it'll help you. It'll help your heart. First of all, if, some, if you get mocked, it'll do several things for you. It'll help you with your pride because we all think way too much of ourselves anyway. That helped me. I'm so glad. Amen. When I was, what was I, 19 years old? And they took me out of Bible college and they stuck me on the street corner and said, preach. And up until that point, when I preached, everybody was good with it, even if it wasn't a good sermon. But when I got out there and preached, even if I just quoted the Bible, oh, people really showed me what they thought about me. And that helped me. It'd be good for you if you get mocked. So, well, I gotta, we got to keep our children from other people making fun of You can't do that. You, you, you don't live in a world that way. Well, it's terrible if they get mocked. Maybe, maybe not. 
How are they going to deal with the later mockings and cruel uh, uh, trials of affliction that will come from the devil if they can't, you know, just take a little word, you're ugly? (laughs) Oh, if somebody says you're ugly, you say you're ugly too. I'm going to forget what you said. What do I care? You understand what I'm... Look, guys, we get so overwhelmed by these nicey, nicey words and we get so destroyed by these, by these harsh, mocking words and, it, and it's not the way it's, Christian life has to, supposed to be lived. I don't have to have people speaking nice for me to do right and to be happy and pleasing to God. I don't have to have the absence of mocking to live my life for Jesus. That wasn't Jesus' life. That's never been the life of any of God's Christians that, that have lived through history. Why should that be my lot in life? There shall be mockers in the last time. What do we do about it? Forget about it. You're a homophobe. You're a misogynist. Ooh. I'll go home. I need to take an aspirin. Help me go to sleep. Guys. We live in a day. People can't take anybody saying anything negative to them. And look, if all... If the only thing that knocks you out of living for God is somebody saying something scoffingly or mockingly to you, you're not going to live for God very long. The devil will make sure he'll send somebody to you. And he told you it was going to be. It shouldn't be a surprise. The Bible said in Acts 17, 32, Paul's up there preaching about the resurrection and they begin to mock him. Resurrection of the dead? Somebody got up from the dead? They just laughed at him. Didn't change his preaching. Didn't change his heart. He didn't go home and cry about it. You know, when the Holy Ghost filled people, now listen, listen, listen. I've seen some people mock the Holy Ghost and the working of the Holy Ghost in the church house. Some saint gets blessed by the Holy Ghost and raise their hand. <laughs> Look at that. Somebody starts shouting praise to God. <laughs> how, how out of control. But they never say that about the football game, ever. Or clapping the hands for the reward for my little kid. <laughs> Man, they, that, did you hear that guy shouting? Praising the Lord. People mock people. I've, I've, I've seen people mock people about going to the altar. The last days, the last time, there should be mockers. He said in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost filled those people. Listen, when the Holy Ghost filled all those people, you know what the world did? They mocked. And they said, these men are full of new wine. These are a bunch of drunken people. Making fun of the fullness of the Spirit of God. You know what I I really think, church? I think some of us are afraid to be filled with the Spirit of God because what others might think if we are. Somebody might think I'm a fanatic. Well, you probably need to be a little more fanatical. 
I never forget that one church member got up and walked out and mocked Brother Earl Hughes. I mean, Brother Earl. Brother Earl, get filled with God. He preached. How many heard Brother Earl Hughes preaching this pulpit? He'd get to preach it. I won't do what he did. I probably can't, and he was an old man. That man get to preaching, he'd start clapping his hands. He'd start jumping up and down like a pogo stick and put his hands behind his back preaching. I'd never get a man got up and walked out and said, that's a crazy man preaching. I'll tell you what it was. That man was a man that walked after his own lusts and it showed forth in his life later on. The judgment of God fell in his life. He just couldn't stand being around somebody filled with God. Brother Earl didn't care. He just smiled and laughed. Keep preaching. I wondered tonight, would you let the Lord fill you to the point somebody would make fun of you? I'm not talking about be out of control. I'm not talking about charismatic junk, craziness. I ain't talk- I'm just talking about being happy in the Lord and filled with the Spirit of God and led by the Lord and praising Him and being what He wants you to be. Would you do that if you knew you'd get mocked for it? You know what we all do? We need to forget about the mockers. We need to forget about the flattery. We need to forget about the big shots. And this is what we need to remember. Go to verse 17 of Jude, please. He said, but in spite of all you're hearing on the news, in spite of what you hear every day at work, despite what the majority, 99.9% of all people are speaking about, but this is what we're to do, but beloved, that word 63 times in the New, Te- New Testament, beloved. It's here, it's in verse 20, and also in verse 3, which breaks up the chapter, to be honest with you. He's addressing the ones that the Lord loves, and he wants them to think about something different and to remember something different. He said in verse 17, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. What you need to remember is not what they're saying. You need to remember what God said. Paul had to write the Thessalonians and there in the end times they're thinking that they missed the rapture. And he says, remember that when I was with you, I spoke these things. If you would just remember what I preached to you, you wouldn't be all messed up. How many sermons have we heard that we have forgotten? And yet we can remember things. How many of you have walked in a store somewhere and, and some old honky-tonk or some song, Amen, out of the past came on and you could remember every word of that song? But you couldn't remember the messages that the Holy Ghost had spoken to you through the years of your life? Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said after the resurrection in Luke 24 verse number 8, and they remembered His words. Do, do, do you recall in Matthew chapter 26 after Peter had, had denied the Lord three times? The Bible said in Matthew chapter 26 verse 75, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus. What grabbed a hold of Peter's heart, he remembered what, Pe- what Jesus had said to him and it had come to pass 
I think sometimes we forget about what Jesus has said to us. And we never come to the place of conviction or repentance in our life because we have forgotten his words. By the way, if you're saved tonight, do you know one of the reasons that the Holy Ghost is in your body? Thank God for the Holy Ghost that's given to us. He's given to us for so many different reasons. He's given to comfort us. He's given to empower us. He's given to reprove our hearts when we get off track. And you know what? else he's been put in our bodies for he's been put inside to remember to remind us the bible says in john you want to turn john 14 26 the holy ghost will bring all things to your remembrance all those things that i've spoken that means if you'll have a good relationship with the holy ghost of god he'll help you remember the bible It is not just a function of your mental capacity. I'll never forget, we we, we taught, when we had Christian school up in Virginia, started Christian school, and we made all the kids learn the Bible, or memorize the Bible, every one of them. I mean, even if they're a little bitty, they all had to memorize the Bible. You say, well, we do that. Yeah, well, they had to memorize whole books of the Bible. You say, what? If, if I go ahead and talk to you and tell you what really happened, you know what you'd say? I don't believe that. Can't be done. You know why I know that? Because the parents, when we started doing that, they said, my kid can't do that, preacher. There was a girl that had such a mental issue. It, it, it wasn't, how shall I put that? Yeah, it was a mental issue. Very challenged. And uh, they were afraid she couldn't memorize the Bible. This this girl, she, she had problems. And she was like, I don't know, 15? How old was she? Something like that, 15. And she started memorizing the Bible. And she she actually started answering questions and quoting verses word for word. That fast. You know, sometimes we sell ourselves, I can't do that, I can't do that. You know, the Bible says God put the Holy Ghost in you to bring things to remembrance about what Jesus said. You don't have to have a great memory. You just have to have God. If you have God, He'll help you remember. But if you're not yielded to God, maybe maybe we all start memorizing the Bible. You know, maybe it's hypocritical, now that I'm thinking of it, maybe it's hypocritical that we're going around vacation Bible school, amen, and and master club and telling all these kids to memorize the Bible when adults ain't memorizing the Bible. Is that maybe a little hypocritical? Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, in this day, you know what? You've got to remember the words. You can't remember something you don't know. It's got to be in there for you to remember it. You said, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You got God in you. Now, I will say a young mind can remember things better than the old people's minds. But we won't make you memorize the whole book of Philippians. We'll just give you three or four verses. Amen. Start memorizing the scripture. Whole books of the Bible. Son, you, you, you remember how many books I made you memorize? 
Ten books of the Bible, word for word, every verse. And at any time of the day, he had to stand up and quote a verse. Oh, boy, I'm glad I wasn't your son. <laughs> Looks like he's doing all right. What if the ability that we have to get through this generation is going to be based on how much words of God we have hidden in our heart? You can't remember something you don't know. You can't remember something you don't read. You can't remember something that you have not yielded yourself to the Holy Ghost for Him to be able to remind you. Remember ye the words which were spoken of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. What did they tell you? What did they tell us? You know, they told us so many things. Apostle Paul wrote, he says, he, he talks about remembering the Lord's death till he come to, to this do in remembrance of me. You know, the, the, the apostles told us that we're to remember the death of Jesus Christ and the burial of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said, preacher, I know all that. But a lot of times we don't remember it. You know, the next time you go through a hardship in life, you know what you need to remember? You need to remember he died for you. He went through a harder struggle and a heavier cross than you. Doesn't the Bible say consider Him? Lest you be weary and faint in your minds. You know what? A lot of times we don't remember what all He's done for us. And so it's easier to complain. It's easier to lay down the burden and lay down the cross because we forget. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love to me. Lead me to Calvary. Help me to remember what you did for me. If I can remember these words that tell of how you laid down your life for me, it'll help me. You know what else those apostles told us? Not just to remember the death the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they also told us to remember what we were before we got saved. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Mm, how easy we forget what we used to be. <laughs> he said, Preacher, I don't want to remember what I used to be. Well, you need to remember some of that. How do you know? Because it's right here in the Bible. If you forgot where God's brought you from, you may not go where He wants you to go in the future. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, look at it, verse 11. Here's the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is one of the words he said. He said in Ephesians 2, 11, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision of the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. He says, wherefore, remember, remember that you used to be a Gentile. Remember that you used to be without hope. Remember that you used to be without Jesus Christ. Remember that you used to be aliens from the promises of God. But now in Christ Jesus, though you were far off, now you're made nigh by the blood of Christ. Remember what He did for you. Remember where he brought you from as the song says, roll back the curtain of memory now and then and show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. 
Remember that I'm human and humans forget. So remind me, dear Lord. Remind me of what I was before you saved me. Some more words of the apostles. In Acts 20, verse 35, the Bible says that the apostle Paul says, you need to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said to you, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Those are the words of the apostle. We have to remember those words. You know why? Because as we go through life, there's something in all of us that doesn't want to be as giving anymore. We want to take care of ourselves and take care of our own. And there's something unnatural. It has to be a spiritual activity to be a giving person. But if I can remember the words of the Lord that says it's more blessed to give than to receive. It'll help me in my life. Sometimes I forget that. That I will get a greater blessing in my life by being a giver than a taker. I need to remember... He said, remember, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Go to Hebrews 13. There's so many things in this Bible that we're told to remember, and I don't know how much we remember them. And if we don't remember them, we're going to give in to the words of our, our day, and it's not going to be a good thing for us. I'm telling you, you will be a product of who you listen to, and God's got so, much, so many words he's told us to remember. Hebrews chapter 13, the Bible says in verse Number one, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful. Now, that, that's, that's a word that's trying to help us with our memories. Be not forgetful. To entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. He's telling you, you know, you need to remember that you need to entertain people. You need to be hospitable to people. You need to reach out to other people. And not just people you like, but to strange people. Strange people. You know who we like to entertain? We like to entertain people that we enjoy spending time with. But a stranger? <laughs> I really believe we, we, we are so far from the New Testament. We're just trying to reach up to the bottom. We can't even be hospitable with everybody in the church. Let alone strangers. We, we, we can't even let every, we, we wouldn't even invite everybody in the church to our house. Let alone strangers. Am I right? And he said, don't forget this. Don't forget this. Because you're going to get so busy living your life. You're going to forget this. You need to show love and concern and fellowship and help to all kind of people. Even if they're strange people. Because that's what Jesus would do. And you never know. There may be an angel come by. And you miss the blessing. And you mistreated one of God's sent ones. Mm, 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 mm. Get the next verse. He tells you to remember something else. Verse number 3 of Hebrews 13. 
remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Now, if we write that in the day of our our, our day of apostasy, we'd have to turn it and say, everybody needs to remember me in my affliction. But that's not what the verse says. The verse says, remember them that are in bonds, like our missionary that's trying to get out of China without the government keeping his children. That, that kind of deal. Remember them that are in bonds. We forget those that have given so much and that really have suffered adversity. He says, you need to remember them. And then drop down to verse number 7. He says, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. He said, remember those that are in authority that are preaching to you because... If you don't follow their faith, they're, they're going to have to give a, a, a testimony. They have to give an account, verse 17, those that have the rule over you. He says, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. I don't know how the judgment seat of Christ works, but because it's his judgment seat. Anybody tells you they got all that figured out, they're crazy. Because it's his judgment seat. It ain't anybody else's. He'll say how that goes. But it looks, it looks like, wouldn't it be awful if all the pastors give up and give a testimony? <laughs> well, we better move on from that. Second Peter chapter 1. He said, remember all that stuff. Mm. And you know what the truth is? Half of these things I'm preaching tonight, probably we hadn't thought about it all week. <laughs> Am I right? What we've been thinking about all week. Do we even want to have a testimony service of everybody standing up and telling us what you've been thinking about all week? I just can't forget what? Second Peter chapter Second Peter chapter one, the Bible says in verse number fifteen. We'll end right here. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be after you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. So our text said, if you're going to get through this day, you've got to remember the words of the apostles. Well, you're reading some of that right here. Peter's an apostle. You don't necessarily remember what your friends say, but you better remember what the apostles say. What things do you want us to remember, Peter? Verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made a note unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were I witnesses of his majesty. Peter says, I want you to remember something. This is not a fable. We're not living a fable. This is real. Jesus is real. And the glory of God is real. And the power of God is real. And heaven is real. And don't you forget the reality 
of God. It's not a fable. Keep reading verse 17. For he received from God the Father, honoring glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased in this voice. This is what he's wanting us to remember. This is what he wants us not to forget. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. He said, I don't want you to forget that God Almighty spoke to us from heaven and we heard God's audible voice. Don't you forget God spoke to us from heaven. But he said, then don't forget this either. Look at the next verse. Verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, wherein too ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Yeah, like your generation. Under the day dawn. Yeah, like the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And the day star rise in your hearts, knowing this first. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Knowing this first. That, uh, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Peter said, if you're going to remember anything, remember that this is more sure than anything you'll find in life. It's more sure than even if God Almighty spoke to you from heaven. Don't you ever forget it. Don't you ever listen to anybody else's words. This is the most sure thing in the universe. Hold on to it and never forget it. And don't question it and don't lay it aside. You, You won't survive without these words. By the way, if we don't know what the words are, how can you remember them? In other words, if they're just lost out there somewhere. No, no, they're right here in my hand. Right here. These are God's words in the English language. And don't believe the perverted lies. Oh, the Bible's just everywhere. It's in all the versions. That's a lie out of the pit of hell because the words are different. We have... The inspired, preserved words of God. I believe in this more than I believe in me. (laughs) This is the surest thing in the world. You know what happens in apostasy? Hey, hey, got some words for you. I know what they say. I know, but come on. I know what you've been taught. I know what they preach down there. But you know, that, that Bible, men wrote that anyway. I'm so tired of hearing that. Men wrote that. Well, who'd you think wrote it? An elephant? Of course men wrote it. But the, but the question is, who did they write it from? <laughs> who was telling them what to write? Now, these are the holy words of God. And I don't care what Fox News says. And I don't care what the Democrats say. I really don't care much what Trump says. I don't even care what most Christians say. (laughs) But I really am interested in this. And I don't want to forget about it. And I don't want every day of my life that my mind and my memory is consumed with someone hurting me. Guys, listen to me. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to me. (laughs) I really am. I got hurt last week probably more than I've probably ever been hurt in the last 25 years. 
by an old, 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 dear, dear, close-hearted friend. You know, you know what I had to do through that? God, help me, because all I can think about is that. Are you listening to me? Yeah. All I can think about is that. And I need, to not rem- I need not to forget this. And I need to put all of these other things out of my mind. Remember, beloved, the words. Not of your buddies, not of other people. His words. 